He wants to help us. He desires to help us. He requires something from us so that He can help us. He requires faith and trust on our part. But He says, encourage my people. There's an Old Testament scripture when when corrective judgments had come in the land and the people had come back to God and uh, and the scripture says comfort ye comfort ye my people comfort ye comfort ye my people he told them their captivity was over they he told them a brand new day has come amen to create in them a, a an expectation of good And he says things like, I know my thoughts unto you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you an expected end. He wanted to raise their expectations in the goodness of God. And David said, without that, without that, with all the troubles that can befall us, faulty bodies in a fallen world, he said, if I did not believe that, if I did not believe that, I would, if I did not believe to see the goodness of God. Listen, not after we get to heaven, all abandoned down here, no help down here. Our only hope is when we get there. He said, no. He said, I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Not in the sweet by and by, but in the nasty here and now. Can you say amen? All these promises he's made to help us, we won't need any of them when we get to heaven. Our bodies will be like his body. The devil isn't going to be there. There's not going to be any trials, any tests. Every tear is going to be wiped away. We're going to live eternally in bliss and joy. But, boy, we need help down here. Can you say amen? And we got help. We got the promise of help. Call upon me in the time of trouble. I will deliver you, and thou shalt glorify me. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I pray for Brother David today. I pray, Lord, as he recognizes the weaknesses and the problems that are in his physical body, Lord, that doctors have done what they can do and they can't do any more for him. But, Lord, the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. We're not asking to be 19 again. We're not asking to be like we were at 25. We're asking to have a body that will function hallelujah, and that we can keep on keeping on until you call us home. And I pray for David today that he will not get in a wheelchair, that he will not get past moving and and, and coming to church and worshiping you. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch David today and strengthen him. And Father, we pray for Sister Nancy today. We pray that you will touch her physically, but you will also touch her mentally. Lord, she's had an injury, and this injury is set in, causing other things to set in. I pray that, Lord, she will sit at your feet in her right mind. Hallelujah, Father, because you can work within that area of her life. Nothing is too hard for you. And we pray for her remembrance, Father. We pray that senility will not take over. We pray for for none of those things that can occur to take over, that she might worship you in spirit and in truth with a clear mind for the glory of God and for the honor 
of God. We pray for Michelle who has complications. And Lord, there's always that danger in any kind of surgery, in any kind of situation, whether it be dental or whether it be a, a, a hospital taking out an organ. Lord, we need your touch and your help and your healing. They can only do what they have done, but there's no limit to what you can do. So I pray that healing and health will return to Michelle and she will know that you did it Give her a knowledge that God has raised me up and I'm going to give him all the glory for it. And we're going to give you all the glory for it. For we ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Brother Tate. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your great love and mercy, Lord. Thank you for your joy and your peace, Father. Thank you for health and strength. Thank you, Lord God, for this day, Lord God, that you have made, Lord. Help us to rejoice and be glad in it, to be thankful unto thee, Lord. Move by thy spirit today, Lord God. Cleanse us through the washing of the water by the word. Let your power rest upon us. We thank you for the victory. Thank you for your peace, God, that peace that passes all understanding, Lord. Thank you for that peace, Lord. In the midst of so much confusion in the world, Lord, but you've given us your peace. Thank you for that peace and your joy and your mercy, Lord God, and your compassion, Lord God. Move in this service today, yes, Lord. Your mercies are renewed every morning. We thank you for that mercy, Lord God, and for your grace that you grant unto us every day, Lord. Thank you for, Lord, deliverance. And thank you for meeting every need in this service, God. Thank you for having your way, Lord God. Help us to worship in spirit and in truth. Thank you for deliverance, Father. And thank you for all things in Jesus' name. For the glory of God. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to just sing seated unless you feel the spirit unction in you to stand or you can stand if you want to. Amen. But, but more than anything, I want you to worship with us today and give God the glory and honor that is due his great name. Now, as I sat last night, the Lord said, encourage, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, and bring something to them that will give them the spirit of expectation. David said, my expectation is from the Lord. Told you about the birthday card. I don't know if I sent it or if I got it. It sounds like something I might send. It said, don't expect anything on the front. And when you open it up on the inside, it says, and you will not be disappointed. Can you say amen? Well, let me tell you something. In the kingdom of God, he wants you to expect him to move in your life. He wants you to expect an answer. He wants you to live in a holy expectation of good. For David said, this world would have gotten me down. I would have fainted. I would have been overwhelmed and overcome unless I believe to see. Everybody say the spirit of expectation. Unless I believed to see the goodness of God. In the land of the living, here and now. Praise God. I'm expecting good things from the Lord. I want to make an announcement. Next week, 10.30 a.m., and from here on out, we'll be meeting in our normal meeting time in the morning. You're here, 10.30 a.m. Praise God. Fletcher. Know where Fletcher Avenue is? Just before you get to the interstate on Fletcher, just keep going east. The last red light just before the interstate, 
says Morris Bridge Road. It cuts off to the right, and you follow it around back to Fowler. You don't go there. You just go to the right and go straight, says the Oaks, Hilton, Garden Inn, one half a block, Bob Evans Restaurant. You pass that, you've gone too far. Just turn right. Watch for somebody standing out there to help you get in one time, and then you'll know exactly where to come. But we will be meeting in Tampa. be more convenient for people who may want to come back uh, and worship with us or any new people that may want to come in the Tampa area. We're welcoming them. And it's as I said, it's, it's convenient. If you can find Fletcher Avenue and head east, just before you get to the interstate, there's a red light. You turn to the south, turn right off of Fletcher, and go straight. Don't curve around. Just go straight. You don't have to go far, about a half a block. Can't miss it on the left, Hilton Inn. You'll see cars parked because that's all part of the parking for the Hilton Garden Inn. Found out that uh, uh, one of the ministers I meet with had just been to a wedding at the Hilton Garden Inn. And another minister had just been there for a special event. So uh, a lot of people know exactly where that is, and you will after next Sunday. Everybody say 1030 a.m. Hallelujah. Amen. At the Hilton Garden Inn. Right off of Fletcher. Just off of Fletcher. Amen. And I believe everyone can find it. Now, as I said before, as we worship today, we're not trying to learn all these songs. But I want you to worship with them. And you can do it seated or you can stand back up if you like. But I want you to know that God is on the throne. And God loves you. And last night, he reiterated how much he loved me. I'm not just telling you how much he loves you. He reiterated to me how much he loved me. Brother Taylor finished something I said, I think it was last week or week before. I talked about Paul saying, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. And I mentioned finishing my course that I may finish my course. That means do all the things that God has purposed for me to do before he calls me uh, to receive my reward. And Brother Taylor said that you might finish your course with joy. Can you say amen? I don't want to finish my course saying, Oh, Lord, I, I don't know how I made it this far and don't know if I can make it any further. I have those feelings. You would too if you were in my shoes. I would too if I was in your shoes because we all have limits. Can you say amen? And you come to the limit pretty quick <laughs> and when you come to your limit that's when you qualify for the grace that god has promised can you say man so you when you feel like you can't go on any further and when you feel like heaven is brass and god is distant that is a qualification for a special grace to come to you for when I am weak, not when I'm on the mountaintop, as standing in the strength uh, that God grants. But when I am weak and look to God with my whole being, then am I made strong, for his grace is sufficient. Can you say, man? And when, the, when that sufficient grace, I think we talked about that this week, there is grace that saves you. But then there's grace that sustains you called the sufficient grace. There's saving grace, sufficient grace. And when you're walking in that sufficient grace and still you 
find yourself overwhelmed. The Bible said that he giveth more grace. Isn't that incredible? There's more to match our need. I walked into sufficient grace so long, I thought I would never need any more grace. But I found myself overwhelmed in a situation. And David said, when my soul, not if, but when my soul is overwhelmed within me, lead me to that rock that is higher than I, for the Lord has been a refuge for me and a shelter from my enemies. Can you say amen? So God spoke to me last night. And he said, tell them how much I love them, and don't forget how much I love you. I said, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's good to know how much you're loved of the Lord. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So how many want to develop a spirit of expectation no matter where you are in your faith, where you are in your circumstance today? There is lifting up in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's called the spirit of expectation. Hallelujah. I want you to worship. If he has to reach way down, you may just sing the chorus with this, and you can be seated. I know you're getting tired because you're not used to praising God that much. Amen. But we'll get in shape if we keep doing it. Amen. Hallelujah. My dad used to play a song. He used to touch his heart every time he played it, every time he sang it, and I would sing it with him. I was lost and undone without God nor his son when the Savior reached down for me. When the Savior reached down for me. When he reached way down for me. Now, I don't know what kind of sinner you were. I don't want to hear it. Some people almost brag about how many sins they committed and go into detail about them. Uh, you must miss them if you want to talk that much about them. Can you say, man? How many don't miss the sin that you were steeped in? How many you're glad that he reached down for you? Because the Bible said you did not choose him initially. You chose to respond to him calling you. You did not choose him. He chose you. You didn't begin to love him. He first loved you. And we reciprocated. We loved him back for loving us. That's how that always works. No man comes to me except my father. Draw him. And he drew us. And he had to reach way down to where I was steeped in sin. And he had to reach way down to where you were. But he loved you enough to reach way, way down. And I just want to continue to worship with these Kentucky folks. I'm from Kentucky, so I feel right at home this morning with, with people worshiping back in the mountains today. How many know he'll continue right now where you are in your life? No matter how deep you get in the valley, he will reach way down to lift you up and lift you out. Are you being a little bit encouraged already this morning? Hallelujah. God is here to encourage you. Let's continue to worship. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My hand is not short that it cannot say. My ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. But your sins, he said to Israel, have separated between you and your God. Sin is a great separator. 
And when they sinned, and it separated them from His blessing, His love, His watch care, their enemies prevailed over them, and He sent His prophet and said, Come, let us reason together. Let's deal with the sin issue so I can bless you. Let's deal with the sin issue so I can help you. Let's deal with the sin issue so I can deliver you. Let's deal with the sin issue so I can keep my covenant that I have made with you. Amen. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins were as scarlet, they shall be as wool. Red like crimson, they shall be white as snow. If you be willing and obedient to what? Deal with the sin issue in particular. You'll eat the good of the land. (laughs) I'll see to it. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be destroyed by the sword. The hedge will come down. Your enemies will prevail over you. I don't want that to happen. And he's given them that choice to make like we have a choice to make right in here today you're going to you're going to choose to believe god before you leave this room you're going to choose to obey god when you leave this room and the choice you make has consequences thank god there's some good consequences (laughs) to making the right choices can you say man and the word of god is to help us make those right choices it's a light unto our pathway it's a lamp unto our feet Hallelujah. Isn't that good that God has given us his word to be a light and a lamp so that we can choose the right path and walk in it. And we, he leads us into that path of righteousness for his name's sake, for our good and his glory. Everybody say for our good and his glory. Can you say, man, I love that pathway. I love that path. You get in the darkness, you get lost. But in that pathway, there is peace and there is joy. There's nothing like being right with God. Amen. We talked about that last week. Being right with God is a powerful thing because the devil's crooked finger can't point at us anymore. Amen. What shall we say to these things? What more? What more? The end of the argument. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? And I'm telling you, if God is for you today, he will make a way. This is not a scripture, but it's been quoted as if it was a scripture because it's scriptural to say it. All kinds of scripture to back up the statement. God will make a way where there seemeth to be no way. Can you say, man, you're up against the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army. God parts the sea. God makes a way. Hallelujah. He always makes a way. There's no water. He brings it out of a plenty rock. God makes a way. There's no food. He rains it from heaven. God will always make a way. Where there seems to, not a scripture. Can't find it. Get out your strongs. It's not in there. But sounds like a scripture, doesn't it? You know why? Because it's scriptural. It's scriptural. All kinds of scriptures can back up that statement. Praise God. How many believe God can make a way for you? I know He will make a way. He is making a way for us. He's always made a way for us. Hallelujah. When I first came to the Lord, and this is part of the preaching and and the lifting up that we talked about here today. When I first came to the Lord, uh, we we sacrificed in order to to get away from a job that worked me every Sunday. Uh, It was a sacrifice financially. And we went through a time of testing. 
I remember one time we didn't have grocery money. Our grocery budget was $20 for the week. My wife and I and Alan, our firstborn son. $20 for the week. Didn't have a calculator. My wife had a red plastic clicker with white keys on it. And I could tell which aisle she was in because I could hear click, 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 click. And, and what you do if something's 39 cents, you keep clicking until the, you know, it adds 39 to it. It was a plastic clicking thingamajig. It was, that was back in the day. And you know why that we kept a running account of the money? Because it was, we held up the line and it was a little embarrassing when you get up there. How many's ever had to put anything back? I'm in good company here today. I'm not. I'm not here. I'm not part of the rich and famous. I'm here with the poor and broke. Anyway, moving right along. God is good today, and and He did make a way for you, didn't He? And He made a way for us. But that was our grocery budget, and and I was supposed to get it from a situation we won't go into, but it didn't come in. And I was working part time at a gas station. And a lady came in, and that was full service. When you check the oil, check the air in the tires, gas it up, clean the bugs off the windshield. And I did all of that, and she got a fill-up. And she pulled away, started pulling out, and she backed up. And she said, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I need to do this. And she handed me $20. And I thought, there's our grocery budget for the week. My wife can go a-clicking. Can you say, man, she can go a-clicking because God has provided. And you know what? We went to church so thrilled over God providing our daily bread. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow he'll give you your daily bread. You know, sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. Trust in God. He'll make a way. He made a way. We were so happy. We were thrilled. thrilled. We were getting a testimony. And we heard in church about a woman whose husband left her, took his paycheck that they needed to get groceries and everything, and he took off. And they didn't have any food in their home. And we drove to their house, and the Lord said, give them that $20. And I thought, Lord, you just gave it to us. (laughs) And now you're telling us to give it to somebody else? What's up with that? I didn't say those words. I didn't want to get slapped down, but I thought it. (laughs) You know why he wanted me to to do that? Do you know why he wanted me to do that? He wanted me, number one, to know that he will make a way where there seems to be no way. And number two, he wanted me to set spiritual law in motion so he could provide for me. Because if you sow liberally, Spiritual law says you'll reap liberally. And there's an interim. Sometimes it takes a while before that shows up. Amen. Cast your bread upon the waters and boom, it'll be right back. No, after many days, there's an interim period. And it's during that interim that the devil says, God God doesn't love you. God is not faithful. The word don't work. The word does work. God does love you and God is faithful. Can you say, man? So I don't know how and when he's going to come through for you, but I know he's going to come through for you. Can you say, man? He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way because God is a way maker. Hallelujah. Yes, 
Will you worship with me in this song? This is the preaching, by the way. He's told me, just lift you up today. I'm doing my best to do it. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 It's in his DNA. It's who he is. Praise God. Tell him the I am, not the I was or the I will be. Tell him the I am, the ever-present, self-sufficient God. Hallelujah. Who created heaven and earth. To know that that God is in us and that God is working for us and within us. And he stands as our defense. Hallelujah. My shield of faith is Jesus. I want you to know that it's not my faith. It's my sovereign and my Savior. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyone feel just a little bit of expectation coming? The Bible said the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning, that through the patience and comfort of the Scripture we might have hope. And hope, biblically defined, is the glad anticipation of future good. Amen. No matter where we are right now, there's that expectation of future good. God is able, the Scripture said, to subdue all things unto Himself. That means what the devil meant for evil, like Joseph said, God means it for good and God will always win in our behalf. Can you say amen? No matter what is meant for evil, if we don't let it get us down, God won't let it get us down. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work, that you might be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Can you say man? Hallelujah. There's a sequence to bring that hope. And it begins with trials and testing and experiencing God's faithfulness as he takes you through them and not from them. You would have never heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego if they hadn't threw him in that furnace. You, would have, you wouldn't have paid much attention to Daniel. He's known for something. He's known for a desperate situation, being thrown into a den of hungry lions to be torn apart and devoured. But the reason Daniel's name clicks with deliverance and faithfulness and brings such glory and honor to God is because God didn't keep him from there, but he kept him in the midst of it and brought him through it and brought him out. And what happened when they came out? Amen. The king declared, you know, the false gods that everybody's telling me about, I'm going to give another decree out here. I don't want you worshiping any of those gods. Worship the God that delivers his people. Amen. Can you say, man, he must be the true and living God. Do you understand what's at stake here? Our deliverance, what an impact it has. Buddha can't do this. Allah is not Jehovah. Can you make no mistake about it? He can't do this. But Jesus can and he will. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 When he brought Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they, they were supposed to bow down and worship the false gods that had been made. And this was the decree. And if you don't do it when you hear the sounds of the sackbut and the psaltery, bow down and the trumpets blaring, they wouldn't bow. They stayed true to God and God delivered them not from 
the flame, but he delivered them from any hurt or harm in the flame. And their deliverance turned a king's attention to the true and living God when they came out. Didn't we throw three men into that furnace? But I see a fourth man in that fire, and they're walking around. And you know the only thing that burned off of them in that fire? was the bonds that they had bound them with. The ropes they bound them with burned up, but it didn't touch their skin. It didn't singe. They said, and by the way, I just want you to know this. If you're, dealing, if you're a smoker, we know it. So, you know, we love you anyway. Because I used to be a smoker, and we know it. How do you know it? Because when I shake your hand, I can smell it. I loved it. I used to get up craving it. Smelling it made me want one until God delivered me from it. But I just want you to know the smell of smoke is easy to get on you. You've been cooking out. You know, you've got a Rottweiler, be careful. <laughs> he can smell the meat and the, the smoked meat on you. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But they came out without, not only, they came out without the smell of smoke on them. God's deliverance is so absolute, is so complete when he does it. Without even, the only thing that burned off was their bonds. And the only thing that's going to burn when you go through that fiery trial is the parts of the flesh that you're still leaning on, looking to, and not dealing effectively with. That's going to be dealt with. But when you come through, you're not going to come through with some all these wounds from the trials. You're going to come through not bitter. You're going to come through better, and God's going to see to it. Hallelujah. So the Bible said the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning, that through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures ye might have hope. Say it with me. The glad anticipation of future good. No matter what is happening, what is going on, good is coming. Amen. So the Bible said that tribulation, the trial you're in, that I am in, that we go through, tribulation worketh patience. And if you hang in with God, let patience, what James said, have her perfect work. That means don't always try to squirm out of your trial. Why did he put that in there? Because I have never in my life got up and said, you know, my faith is a little rusty. My hope is a little crusty. I need something to stimulate me to trust you more and to crucify this old flesh that's always getting discouraged and down. Lord, what you need to give me today, you need to send me a trial. And I don't mean one of those little ones. I mean send me a fiery trial. I have never asked for that. You know why I didn't have to ask for it? Because it's going to happen whether you ask for it or not. Can you say amen? But God says, when it comes, know that I'm going to work in your behalf. I'm going to take you through it. Think it not strange, the fiery trial that has come to try you as some strange thing has happened to you, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that, that you are able to bear. 
who will with the temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. See, you're not delivered from it. You're taken through it. And he is giving you the sufficient grace to go through it. And out on the other side, you'll look back and say, oh, God is so faithful. God is so loving. God is so good. And that's called experience. When he takes you through, you become experienced. Tribulation, work of patience. If you hang in there with God, you will experience his faithfulness and the sufficiency of his grace. Experience. If you've ever experienced that, the next time you hit a trial, you know what's going to happen and how it's going to turn out. God is good is going to come from it because God is going to subdue it to his purpose. And his purpose is to make everything work together for good to them that love him and are the called according to his purpose. Can you say amen? And patience is going to be developed. Follow them through who, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hallelujah. That's a, a heavenly, holy virtue. Patience. Hallelujah. In your patience, perseverance is the Greek rendering of that context. In your patience, possess you your souls. You can stay focused. You can keep the faith. You can keep on keeping on if you develop in that persistency in trusting God and that perseverance. Amen. You'll find me when you seek after me with all of your heart. And when I'm in the middle of a trial, there's no parts of my heart wandering off somewhere. It's set on him because I know he's my only hope. And he likes that. It helps me to stay focused and to believe him today. So God is going to bring us through and God is going to bring you through. Amen. I've been through. I, I, I wish I could say I, all those experiences are behind me. I don't need any more development in that area. But you never get to that place. Amen. I got up one Monday morning. I told my wife, she said, how you doing, honey? I went to something and come back, and I was tired. And I said, Job ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> That's pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. Job ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> yeah. When you get to that point, you know, you're like the lady at the back of the church after the service. Say, Marty, how are you doing today? She said, I'm somewhere between praise the Lord and help me, Jesus. Can you say, man? Well, at least she was honest about it. I think most of our life is somewhere between praise the Lord and help me, Jesus. Amen. That's not a bad place to be. Because when you cry unto the Lord, he listens. He, in fact, bends down and listens to our cry. And I'm so glad that he's that kind of God today. Aren't you glad for that? We're going to receive our offering in just a moment, and uh, I'm going to pray over it. And Brother Taylor is going to, to uh, give us a, a couple of songs on, on the violin. We went to a music store, and, and my dad played the fiddle. Uh, he never played a violin. He always played a fiddle. We talked to the guy at the music store who was going to buy him a fiddle. And uh, the man told me, if you're playing bluegrass in country, there is a fiddle. It's a little different kind of tone they're looking for out of the instrument. But if you're playing what my dad called long hair music, you know, Bach and Beethoven and symphony stuff, then that's a violin. And he definitely did not want a violin. We went to see some lady that played an electric fiddle. 
and she could play with her eyes closed, the thing back behind her back, and never miss a lick and dance while doing it. And I'm sorry. He took lessons from what's her name? You know her anyway. Stephanie. Wow, that gal can play. Woo! Man, I can't wait to see him dance and play the fiddle. No, he didn't take those kind of lessons. God is good today. Amen. And, and I asked my dad, I said, well, how did you like it? I said, oh, long hair stuff. <laughs> I thought, no, it's not. Amen. But I love my daddy, and he's playing the fiddle for the Lord today. Praise God. And Brother Taylor's going to play the violin for us today in the sweetness of Jesus.